It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. BP added more than $70 billion to the U.S. economy in 2022 by making investments from coast to coast. Investments like building charging hubs for fleets of electric buses in California and starting up new infrastructure in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Penn State is five and five when it comes to this men's basketball team. Okay, they're 500, but they have the ugly loss to Bucknell, a reassuring win of Ohio against Ohio State. What exactly can we make of this team? You are Locked On Nittany Lions, your daily podcast on the Penn State Nittany Lions, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. And what is going on, Penn State fans? That is right. You are Locked On Nittany Lions. Thanks so much for making us your first listen and watch every single day. We are free and available wherever you get your podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. I am your host, Zach Seiko, bringing you all things Penn State Nittany Lions, including transfer portal, recruiting news, football, men's basketball for this episode. We bring him back, Penn State men's basketball insider for Penn State's Com Radio. That is Adam Sheets. I'm excited for this one. As you can tell, I'm a little amped up as we're talking all things Penn State men's basketball in this an evaluation after 10 games. Plus, we get the preview Penn State versus Georgia Tech in the Garden, Madison Square Garden, this Saturday. Today's episode is brought to you by FanDuel, the official sports book of Locked On. Right now, new customers can get $150 in bonus bets with any winning $5 money line bet. That's $150 if your team wins. Visit FanDuel.com slash Locked On to get started you can follow both adam and i over on x you still call it twitter it's x you got to start calling it that you can follow us there for adam for penn state men's basketball of course football takes as well same thing all penn state nittany lions action over on our other social media penn state men's basketball is 500 to this point bucknell was certainly at what was that a quad four loss adam that of a loss as anybody can have i think yeah. what i can tell you yeah. Okay. But they beat an eight and one now eight and two Ohio state mm-hmm. team. They hand them that loss and they erase an 18 point deficit. So there's something, there's something there. There's a lot of good there to work with. At least my, my assessment's still the same. This was a team that I figured was going to start slow and the, the sooner they can pick this up, the better, of course, but I feel like this is going to be a, a second half team. Kind of similar to last season because it's the way of trying to bring all these different parts together. You have a new head coach. It's not Micah Shrewsbury was in year two, but you had a new new head coach this year. You're bringing in players that were used to his system. You're now bringing in players that were used to Micah Shrewsbury's system, now have to get used to Mike Rhodes' system, but they're also used to the Penn State way, right? So they're used to how Penn State as a whole operates and i'm talking academics i'm talking like just class structured like day in the life type of things compared to vcu or compared to any other institution that they brought kids in from right whether it was kansas city or temple vcu right all over the place and then you got to mesh all these different chemistries these different styles of basketball all together so i'm not saying that penn state gets a pass gets an excuse for losing to bucknell at home but what does impress me adam is 
even after that game, there was no hangover. They took Maryland to overtime on the road to open up Big Ten play. And then they erase an 18-point deficit at a halftime and beat the Ohio State Buckeyes, who are proving to be at least a, a competitor inside of the Big Ten. We'll see how it all unfolds. Anybody, you might as well pick a team out of a hat, right, for the Big Ten Conference at, to this point in men's basketball. But what have you seen about this team that makes you either believe, skeptical? What is your overall assessment to this point through 10 games and two conference games? I think we've seen a lot from this Penn State team, a lot of good and a lot of bad. I think that's kind of as expected. I mean, I don't anyone who had expectations that this team was going to come in, start 12 and one and was going to run through their mm -hmm. conference slate early in the year. I mean, that's just unrealistic for a team that's trying to make shift a lot of parts and try to bring them yeah. together. It's nearly an impossible situation. You look around the country, everybody seems to have a loss similar to Penn State's loss. I mean, you look at Georgia Tech, who they'll play this week, they have a loss to UMass Lowell, and then they also beat Duke. So, I mean, you have that. You have Northwestern who beat number one Purdue and then just last night lost to Chicago State. So, I mean, everybody has these losses that just don't make much sense. So, I think that's what you're going to yeah. say to Penn State where it just wasn't their day at home against Bucknell. But the Ohio State game, I think that's the game that kind of just – pixelates everything Penn State's been really bad start to that game got down 18 we're not playing good but then they found a way mm -hmm. to get going and I think the key is the two guards and it's been the two guards all year Ace Baldwin Jr. and Kanye Clary really bring this team to where they need to be when they're attacking when they get passive try to move the ball around don't attack the defense you can see the defenses be able to stop Penn State handle Penn State a good bit they need them to be aggressive consistently for 40 minutes and when they do that they're really tough to beat you look at the VCU game when Kanye Clare was out, that was Ace Baldwin's best offensive performance against his yep. former team. Kanye's had a bunch of great games this year. He was really good at Maryland in the game. They ended up losing in overtime. But they just have to find a way to keep those guards going, especially because the problem for this team, a lot of teams have seen that, is their interior post play right now. A lot of it due to inavailability. Favor Ira is still out. He's been out all season. Demetrius Lilly reportedly had the flu and was not able to play mm. against Ohio State. That's why he was not there. Uh, Leo O'Boyle is trying to play the five coming off the bench. Yeah. It's not his natural position. You can see offensively really worked hit five threes against Ohio State, but defensively that's kind of been the issue, trying to guard guys a lot bigger than him, something he's yeah. just not used to playing at Penn State. So it's been a lot on Kudus Wahab trying to play that position really by himself, and that's kind of been the issue for this team. But I think there's a lot of good and a lot of bad to take away. And they're a, the one thing, they have a lot of veterans they brought in, a lot of guys who know how to win that's been on slumps and trying to get out of slumps, guys like Puff John and DeMarco Dunn from North mm -hmm. Carolina, Zach Hicks from Temple. And then Kanye Clary, he dealt with this last year. They had a five-game losing streak in January going to February. He obviously wasn't a huge key contributor to that team. He was coming off the bench in a role position, but now as a leader, he knows how to handle that. And getting Jameel Brown back is going to be huge as well. He's still out with an injury, but hopefully getting him back soon will add another shooter to this team, which could make them more dangerous offensively. Adam, whose team is this exactly? Who would you say is the face of this Penn State team? Is it kind of co-captain, right? Ace Baldwin, Kanye Clary, or would you? Because right now, just the way the box scores and the, the overall flow of the game, it seems like this is Kanye Clary's team, interestingly enough. I, I know he was the returner from Penn State, didn't transfer out, and great. He's been awesome for the Nittany Lions. But you figured since this was Ace Baldwin's coach and he was the A-10 player of the year, that this would be his squad. It's hard to argue one way or the am I or am I misinterpreting this here? 
No, I think that's a fair point. It's trying to figure out who team. I think when you have two ball-dominant guards, it's always going to be a question, especially early in the year, who's going to take the reins. I think Kanye's really took the reins as the best player on this team. But the, as a leader-wise, I think Coach Rhodes especially wants this to be Ace Baldwin's team as a leader. And I think he yeah. hasn't got that all the time this year. And I think that's why we've seen Ace Baldwin, you know, not start the game against Buck now. He's not started a couple games this year. And I was like, Ace Baldwin Jr. not starting. I mean, he's the guy who was supposed to be Penn State's best player. How's he the one getting pulled out of the lineup, especially because he's a Mike Rhodes guy? And Mike Rhodes has been consistent saying, we just need a better ace ball when we haven't got that yet. And I think you start to see that. Hopefully the shots he hit down the stretch against Ohio State to help them win that game might really propel him to get going. But I think he's maybe more the vocal leader. But play-wise, I mean, this team runs through Kanye Clary and his ability to get to the rim, his ability to create for his teammates. That's where this team on the floor will go by. But uh, leadership-wise, it's ace ball when Jr. Puff Johnson has been a big leader for this team, has not played particularly well on the floor to where a lot of people maybe expected him to be, as he expected him to be, was injured early in the year, maybe trying to get that consistency back. But, I mean, that's just going to be the big thing. I think baseball when Jr. take the vocal leadership role and still be willing to, you know, defer at times to Kanye Clary in the backcourt because of how well he's played this season. I think that good balance can be very dangerous. I mean, uh, Chris Holtman said it after the Penn State game, after the game again with Ohio State, uh, Penn State might have the most dangerous backcourt in the conference with their ability yeah. with Ace Baldwin Jr. and Kanye Clary. So I think they just got to continue to pressurize that and allow Kanye to really do his thing and Ace still be the vocal leader that he needs to be while also sometimes taking a back seat to his guard counterpart. There's Locked On Nittany Lions. We're doing this one live, so if you want to jump into the comments section, ask us some questions about Penn State men's basketball, we're happy to have you along for the discussion. Coming up, we're going to discuss improvements that this team needs to make because 500, I mean, in, in conference, actually will cut it in the Big yeah. Ten. So the goal is to go 500, but right now this is a 500 team. They certainly need to make some improvements. Like you said, some uh, inconsistency here, inconsistencies here, a little bit of bad luck as well just within who's been available, who's not been. Also, trying to figure out what this team's identity is. We'll discuss that on the other side, but let's hear from one of our sponsors on today's episode, and that is FanDuel, the official sportsbook of Locked On. As the season gets, as the winter weather gets colder, right, the NFL offers are going to stay hot on FanDuel, and right now new customers can get $150 in bonus bets with any winning $5 money line bet. That's 150 bucks. If your team, all they got to do is win. That's all they got to do. If you've been thinking about joining FanDuel, there's no better time to get in on the action. The app is super easy to use. There's a wide range of betting options, including spreads, player props, overs and unders, and more. And right now, Penn State is a three and a half point favorite against Ole Miss in the Peach Bowl. And you can bet that game. You can also bet Penn State men's basketball versus Georgia Tech. If you like any of those lines, check out FanDuel.com slash LockedOn and keep playing along with college football, college basketball too, and the NFL season. That is FanDuel.com slash LockedOn. FanDuel, official partner of the NFL. BP added more than $70 billion to the U.S. economy in 2022 by making investments from coast to coast. Investments like building charging hubs for fleets of electric buses in California and starting up new infrastructure in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. 
And the Locked On Podcast Network is proud of this one, launching the first ever 24-7 national streaming channel for sports on YouTube. That's right. Locked On Sports Today is here for you 24-7, covering the top sports stories of the day with the local experts of Locked On, plus the national shows covering each and every league. Go to Locked On Sports Today on YouTube and subscribe to the first ever national sports 24-7 streaming channel. Adam, the Penn State, I think, is not necessarily in an identity crisis, but as we let off the show, we talked about all these different things that need to find a way to gel together. And basketball and football along with this too, teams that are going to be built through the transfer portal, that are going to be makeshift squads almost overnight, and that's what Mike Rhodes had to do. Because I've seen people criticizing this team saying, you can't build through the transfer portal, you have to go recruit. Well, what was Mike Rhodes supposed to do when he got here? How much time did he have left to go get played? Micah Shrewsbury took all of his commits with him. Like, what you, you're, you're lucky that Kanye Clary, Jamil Brown, and Demetrius Lilly didn't leave. I know Brown and Lilly haven't had the same impact as Clary, but come on, if those three guys left to go to Notre Dame, look what's going on with the Fighting Irish and look what's going on with the Nittany Lions. That's all I'm going to say. A tale of, do, of two different programs right now at this point. But I'll say this. The only way you're going to improve this is by, you can't even practice your way out of this, Adam. It is by logging game after game after game because you know what works. You know that playing Leo O'Boyle at the five is not ideal, but you're not going to figure that out until you face comparable competition. Sure, you might notice some things at practice, but then you can work on it. You can mask it. It's where you get the real test results where you go up against teams like Ohio State and it's like, okay, can we get by with this? Can we, if we bring him in for his offense and if he becomes a little bit of a defensive liability, is that going to lose us games or can we get by and win with it? Well, right now, that's the telling point is that you can put O'Boyle in. His offense is greater than his defensive output and it's not costing us games to this point unnecessarily. At least that's what you're starting to figure out. And then what five people do you want to have on the floor at the same time? How many minutes? Because we've seen Raquandis Mitchell, DeMarco Dunn, almost get random lots of minutes, right? It'll be eight minutes one night. It'll be 25 minutes another night. It's almost like riding the hot hand at this point. So I don't know that it's, there's room for improvement because you can't just be identityless. You cannot have an identity, especially in the Big Ten, because they will make you pay for it. So if I'm looking for any room of improvement, it's improve your identity because Penn State basketball could go in a lot of different directions here. Yeah, I think that's going to be the big thing. They got to figure out what their identity is and how they want to improve on it. They got to figure out their rotation. As you mentioned, they're kind of throwing a lot of stuff at the wall and seeing what Everybody. sticks. And I <laughs> yeah. mean, that's just what they're trying to do. And that they have, they have the ability to do that because they're so deep. I mean, you get it past Dan yep. Collin, Andy Christos, and Broggy Goodmanson, the freshman who came in from Iceland. <laughs> you get past those three. Every guy can come in and really contribute on yep. this team right away for them. I think DeMarco Dunn, you mentioned, has been really interesting. He played one minute in the Maryland game, and then he was one of the yeah. leading scorers in the Ohio State game, so it's really been riding yeah. the hot hand with him, uh, trying to see what he can do. Uh, he's from North Carolina, so the talent's definitely there. It's just a matter of him yep. fitting in and gelling with Kanye Clary and Ace Baldwin Jr. being off the ball a little bit more. I, You know, you definitely got to find out what they're going to do at the five position. Favor Ira coming back eventually is going to be huge. That's the one thing. They got to get healthy. I mean, you have Jameel yep. Brown, Favor Ira have not seen the full strength of this Penn State team yet this season, so we still got to figure out when 
when that'll come, when there's been no reports on when he will come back. They're hoping mm -hmm. uh, Mike Rhodes said he's not going to wait Favor Ira. He said once he gets healthy, he's going to yeah. play. He's not going to hide him. Uh, so, I mean, that's just trying to figure that out. I think they got to find a way to shoot the ball better. I, it's always easy to say Penn State strength was not going to be shooting the three. Leo O'Boyle shot it really well against Ohio State. Zach Hicks has been up and down. Puff Johnson hasn't been able to find his stroke. Obviously, Jameel Brown, who's injured right now, is one of the better shooters on this team. Him coming in and trying to find his stroke as well is going to be huge for this team. But that's something they really got to figure out how they're going to shoot the ball well because they're they're going to be undersized. I mean, they've struggled. Even Kudus mm -hmm. Wahab has struggled in the post defensively. Bucknell was able to expose that in the interior. And when you got guys like Zach Eady coming in eventually when they play Purdue and all the great bigs that the Big Ten has to offer. I mean, it's the land of the Giants for a reason. They're going to go down. They're going to try to attack Penn State there and how they defend that. But the one thing, Mike Rhodes, I think something to add to their identity, they played a lot of zone against Ohio State, and it really worked for them. And I think that's something they're going to have to rely on a lot because they're not going to be able to match up with all these teams in the Big right. Ten and be able to stop teams down low. So that zone defense, making these teams shoot, which in the Big Ten, we all know that's been a struggle at times. I mean, Penn State was one of the only teams shooting threes last season, and that's what that allowed them to make that run. So being able to play that zone, forcing teams to shoot contested threes, and then rebounding out of that is going to be huge for this team moving forward once they get to conference play and could really help them against Georgia Tech as well on Saturday. Not having an identity, though, as we discussed this, Adam, I'm glad you brought up the three-point shooting because maybe Penn State doesn't need a full-fledged identity mm -hmm. where they they put every egg into into one basket. And I'm not, no a bad coach would try to do that. And Mike Rhodes knows what he has because could for Penn State, is it the fact that they can do a little bit of everything, right? Because a season ago, they had nothing in the they had little to almost nothing in the front court. I'm sorry. And when it came to shooting, okay, shooting was good because you had Andrew Funk and Seth Lundy and a little bit of Jalen Pickett. But after that, it's like who do you trust with the basketball? Ace Baldwin can shoot the three. Kanye Clary can shoot the three. DeMarco Dunn can shoot the three. Ray Raekwondis Mitchell can shoot the three. Zach Hicks, Puff Johnson. Do you see all the players that I'm naming? I had to go to my second hand. I named seven players off the top. And then you go to the stat sheet, right? Just because Jameel Brown can shoot the three, but hasn't been available. Leo O'Boyle was four or five against Ohio State and probably your best sharpshooter on the team. Maybe some of the guys would argue that if they heard that comment, but that's <laughs> that's besides the point. But you're but he's he's your natural, like he's your guy. He's your three point guy. Uh, that's where you what you're going to get. Other guys have a little more di they're dynamic in, in what they can do because Puff Johnson's not just a three point shooter. He can clean up the glass a little bit, play a little bit of better defense. So I want to see him do a better job. But yes, in, in shooting needs to improve just in general. I think any team would love to shoot better because as we've noticed, the best teams that uh, make it the furthest in March are the best shooting team. Even if they're mm -hmm. if they're not the best overall in the season, the ones that do the best just, oh, well, they make more shots, right? Their field goal percentage is up. So, but I don't think they're bad at shooting the basketball. And I think that there's a lot of people that they can turn to to shoot the basketball. Whereas Penn State, when they went up of opponents, it was no secret that Andrew Funk is going to shoot 10 threes a game. And it was live by Andrew Funk and Seth Lundy or die by those two if they had a cold night. I feel like anybody could heat up on any given night and Penn State can drop it off into the front court with Wahab and hopefully when Ira comes back. Penn State can create its own shots, right? Maybe I'd like to see them do a little more of that because assists, assists are down. I may, or maybe distribute the ball a little better because I know that Kanye Clary, Ace Baldwin, can create their own shots but maybe I would like to see them distribute the rock a little better. Offense isn't my biggest question mark here, 
I had to pick one side of it, it's defense because you're scoring 76 points per game. You're allowing 71. Yeah, that, that's been the big question because Mike Rhodes came in as a guy who really prided himself on Slow defense. Ace defense, Baldwin, right. Ace Baldwin Jr. was the defensive player of the year in the A-10 last year. I mean, you had you were, everyone was thinking defense, defense, yeah. defense, and they were bringing Joe Crispin in as an assistant to really take the offensive role and kind of build that offense. Joe's done his job, uh, but, you know, the defense just has not meshed. And I think the big thing is this is huge in all levels of basketball is mm-hmm. five guys being locked in together to play team defense. You need that in the Big Ten because Penn State does not have guys that are going to go out and just be able to check every guy in the Big Ten to be able to guard them one-on-one and get stops every time down the floor. You need to be able to have five guys together playing defense and seeing what you can do there with that. And I think that's the big thing with chemistry. They just they haven't played a lot of games together. So you don't understand, like, one guy forcing one guy just to step outside of help and then they give up something on the back end. They're also trying to play a full-court pressure defense, which in the A-10 that works. When you play against some of the bigger bigger teams with better guards, it's going to struggle at times. And they're trying to really fix that mold but I think that's the big thing with defense it's it goes back to the chemistry thing we keep saying it's these guys just got to play more games together and they haven't been healthy we haven't seen a full Penn State team but the defense Mm -hmm. has to get better they I don't know if Penn State's going to be able to get in a shootout in every game in the Big Ten and be able to come out of it on the other end more times than not winning those games they're going to have to be able to get stops especially down the stretch now eventually you get down 18 your defense was able to get the stops you needed against Ohio State to get back and win that game you still gave up 80 points but you gave up 55 early and was able to really get that game back to where you were able to come back and win it. But that's going to be the big question. Can the defense hold up their end? Because right now their best offense is getting to the basket with Kanye Clary and Ace Baldwin attacking, then looking either to kick or score. And they just got to continue to do that offensively, but defensively they have to find their identity. And I think that zone I mentioned earlier could be something that's added to this effect along with that Mm -hmm. pressure defense when trying to speed up opponents. And rebounding. I think Mm -hmm. rebounds rebounding is an obvious one. (laughs) Well, and and that's something that Penn State wasn't good at last yeah. season, but they were they were efficient. They were. I feel like last year's team was a little more efficient because you had J, like Jalen Pickett. I, I'm not saying is a once in a lifetime player, but the way that he was able to create, the way mm-hmm. that he was able to get defenses to flow towards him, Kanye Clary is starting to become that. And I think yeah. that I, is, am I comparing him directly to Jalen Pickett? No, but he's what I'm saying is. He's starting to gain the respect of defenses where that is what would happen to Ace Baldwin. And now Penn State basically has Jalen Pickett split into do you have into two. You have good qualities from Ace Baldwin and you have good qualities from Kanye Clary. If you put them together, you'd probably get something close to Jalen Pickett. But I really, outside of getting Iray back and just being maybe a little more, I I don't know how you become more aggressive on the glass, right? That's it, it's really you just have to do it. Like there's mm-hmm. nothing you can scheme or blueprint. Maybe the the zone will help out because you'll have more bodies around the paint if you decide to run some more two three if that's what helps. But getting another six foot eleven player back, a former top one hundred uh, one hundred recruit out of high school, certainly is going to help in that category. I think Puff Johnson. I thought we'd see a little more out of him, but I know that he was banged up going into this season, mm-hmm. so I won't be as critical. Yeah, I mean, that's going to be the big thing. It's just finding – they need five guys to rebound. They don't have, like, like yeah. two years ago when Michael Shrewsbury was in his first year, he had John Hare who's just going to go get every rebound, and that's how it worked. And that's Last Wahab year, so far. Yeah, and that's been what Wahab's had to be so far. And it's mm-hmm. just, you know, it's, they got to do kind of what last year's team did. They were a little better. I mean, Jalen Pickett was a 6'4 guard, so he's obviously going to be able to yeah. rebound a lot better than Penn State. Kanye and Ace do not have that size that Jalen Pickett had on the rebounding side of the basketball. Seth Lundy was a great rebounder for them last 
last year. Miles Dredd could rebound for him when he came in as well. So they had a lot of guys who could go in and get rebounds when they needed to get rebounds and battle on the glass, and they'd just fight for it. Uh, this Penn State team, they haven't been able to figure that out yet, but I think that's something when rebounding. I mean, it's all rebounding's a lot about heart and just trying to go get the ball, and I think that's something. Exactly. I'm not saying Penn State doesn't have heart, but that's something that I think Coach Rhodes look at say, it's fixable, box out, go get the rebound. That's just something we have to clean up, but that's something that's definitely fixable. It's not something Penn's going to say, well, we're going to get out-rebounded by 15 every night and just have to pray we are able to overcome that. But I think it's definitely something that's going to work because you, everyone knows in the Big Ten, everyone's going to the glass trying to get second-chance opportunities. So that's something yep. I'm sure Micro is going to be very critical on in these final non-conference games trying to fix before they travel to Michigan State and reopen conference play on January 4th. Yeah, and Penn State was out-rebounded last season a good mm -hmm. amount of the time. So don't think that it's, well, because they can't rebound, they're never going to win a game going up against Purdue or, or anyone, anyone else. No, that's not the case. Yes, they did lose those games to Purdue. I understand that, but it didn't seem to be a problem against Illinois. It hasn't seemed to be a problem against Ohio State over the past, what, five years? I feel yeah. like Penn State has had Ohio State's number, whether it's Pat Chambers, Micah Shrewsbury, or now Mike Rhodes, coincidentally enough. But Penn State does play another non-conference opponent, Georgia Tech. This one I'm very excited for, not only because it's at the Garden. It's at Madison Square Garden, somewhere that Penn State was for the National Invitational Tournament. Remember, right? Beating Utah, so they return, but this time with Mike Rhodes. And this one feels like a good place to capitalize on the win against Ohio State. But can they actually do it? Because Georgia Tech, even though they come into this one 5-3, and three, they got two top 25 wins. How do the Yellow Jackets match up with the Nittany Lions? We'll discuss in just a moment. Let's hear from another one of our sponsors on today's episode, and that is PrizePix. PrizePix is the largest independently owned daily fantasy sports platform in North America. We're the easiest and most exciting way to play DFS. It's just you against the numbers. Instead of battling thousands of other players, including the pros and the sharks, you pick more than less than on a two to six player stat projection and watch those winnings roll in. If you have the skills, you can quickly turn $10 into $250 with just a few taps. Ice picks is really simple to play. You can make your picks and submit your entry in less than 60 seconds. Quick withdrawals, easy gameplay, as I've mentioned, and an enormous selection of players and stat types are what makes prize picks the number one daily fantasy sports app. And with the prize picks reboot policy, your plays, your entries, will stay in play even if, even if one of your players gets injured for NFL games, college football, top 25 matchups. If you have a player who exits in the first half and does not return in the second, that player is then rebooted. Price Picks is the only daily fantasy sports platform with injury insurance. How about that? So now what do you got to do? You go to pricepicks.com slash locked on college and use promo code locked on college for a first deposit match up to $100. Pricepicks.com slash locked on college with promo code locked on college for that first deposit match up to $100. Price picks, daily fantasy sports made easy. Across America, BP supports more than 275,000 jobs to keep energy flowing. Jobs like building grid scale solar energy in Ohio and producing gas with fewer operational emissions in Texas. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. And in this final segment, let's preview Penn State versus Georgia Tech. If you're not already, become an everydayer. Help out the show. 
Subscribe to Locked On Nittany Lions on YouTube, wherever you get your podcasts to get the latest and greatest on the Nittany Lions, everything, Penn State football, transfer portal, recruiting, men's basketball. We'll be talking men's hockey and wrestling on this channel as well. Everything that comes to Penn State athletics is right here on Locked On Nittany Lions. Penn State versus Georgia Tech in Madison Square Garden, Saturday, November 16th, noon tip-off. I mean, this is just, this one is exciting because it's in New York City, right? You get the chance to play where the Knicks play, and and Penn State has a little bit of a momentum here. It seemed like, wow, you know, let's sell out on this team. And I think basketball, unlike football, right? You lose five games in a row, Adam, in football, especially at college, like your, your season's over, Mm -hmm. right? If you, especially if you had locked the expectations in the NFL because of the 17th game, maybe you can overcome it. Right. And you can finish what nine and eight seems to get you in the playoffs nowadays. Uh, But besides the point, but in basketball, basketball's a long season like Penn state last year, you can afford a losing streak. And as we saw how late it was down the stretch too, they were able to afford that right. The ship circle the wagons and get into the NCAA tournament. Penn State, I feel like, is exercising some of these demons early on. Get the five-game five losing streak out of your out of your system now. Lose to Bucknell now. Mm-hmm. Do not lose to those kinds of teams late in the season because then the committee will really hold it against you. They want to see improvement. Georgia Tech is a good test for Penn State because they've beaten Mississippi State. They've beaten Duke. But they are 5-3. and three. Right. They they are they are five and three. This team flows through Miles Kelly, guard on this team, averaging 17 points per game, six and a, almost six and a half rebounds. So you're getting another you're you're basically getting talent on talent, right? Strength on strength. Kanye Clary and Ace Baldwin, backcourt heavy types of teams and, and star players at, at the position here. But this is like like Penn State, I would say. It's a deep team. You have guys that, you know, they, they'll go about, what, seven, eight deep at talent across the board. They rebound very well, right? <laughs> they're averaging 41 rebounds per game. But that's it's not that in comparison, maybe they're a little lower down the rankings compared to some other powerhouses, but not Penn State, who's averaging, what, 32? Yeah. So it, the, the matchup that I see is trying to limit, because you're not going to stop them. Try to limit a Miles Kelly. You have more versions of Miles Kelly on your team. You have Kanye Clary, and you have, Ace Baldwin, they only have one Miles Kelly. So I feel like Penn State, if they can continue to improve on the zone, but also at the same time, again, they're trying to mix and match. What worked against Ohio State is not going to work against an ACC team like Georgia Tech necessarily. Yeah, yeah, I think that's going to be the big question. Miles Kelly versus Ace Baldwin Jr. is going to be the matchup in this game that everyone's going to yep. watch. Miles Kelly, you mentioned averaging 17 points per game. Then another interesting matchup is going to be Kanye Clary versus Kawasi Reeves Jr., another one of their good guards that they have. Mm-hmm. But I think the one thing Penn State has to look at and the number that really stands out to me is Georgia Tech only averages 13 assists per game. No guy mm-hmm. out there is they're not really kicking out a lot to three-point shooters. It's a lot of one-on-one, which is similar to Penn State in the way they play with Kanye Clary and Ace Baldwin Jr. trying to get to the rim and looking to score first. So I think that's going to be the interesting matchup. Penn State, if they do want to play one-on-one, if they're going to help and force them to kick out the shooters, that's going to be interesting. In Penn State, they've had a whole week to think about it. They've had yeah. finals week off, so they don't play again until Saturday when they play Georgia Tech. So they've had a whole week to really focus on this matchup against Georgia Tech 
quarterback fix some of the stuff they saw against Ohio State that so they don't give themselves an 18-point deficit in this yeah. game and try to have to claw their way back. Right? That's going to be the interesting thing. How can Ace Baldwin Jr., who we mentioned A-10 defense player of the year, has struggled at times defensively, handle Miles Kelly in this game? Because that's who's going to guard him, I'm assuming. They'll probably throw Nick Kern yeah. Jr. on him as well a little bit, put some more yep. size and athleticism on him, try to mix it up, try to throw a lot of different looks and see – I just kind of try to bother him and make someone else beat you on that Georgia Tech team. Don't allow Miles Kelly to go get 30 and be able to win this game for Georgia Tech. Force other guys to get involved and don't allow Miles Kelly to be the reason that they win in Madison Square Garden. Well, when you look at this team, right, wins against Mississippi State and Duke are great. That's mm -hmm. 21st and 7th, respectively, at the time. But then you just look at some of the team statistics, and it's almost how did they do it? Yeah. Because they shoot under 30% from three-point range. They're shooting under 40% from field, from just in general, from the field. And Georgia Tech, do is it that they just play good overall defense? Because Penn State, the reason why they won that game against Ohio State, you said getting the stops and being able to manage the comeback. But Ohio State had a lot of turnovers compared to yep. Penn State protecting the basketball. So even though Georgia Tech might clean up the glass a little better, they're okay. They're a little better at distributing the basketball than Penn State. But if Georgia Tech is not able to get its own turnovers and Penn State can have about, what, four or five again, then maybe I'm leaning towards the Nittany Lions in this case because Georgia Tech does not shoot well. Like you said, Penn State can't afford to get into shootouts. If they meet a good shooting team, they'll probably lose that game at least nine times out of ten this part of the season. Later down the road, that's a different conversation that we'll probably end up having. But in this case, I, I like this matchup. I am not scared of the fact that they beat Duke and Mississippi State. I think they caught them in bad spots. Like I said, I think you have strength on strength to essentially negate what Georgia Tech does. Georgia Tech runs this entire system through Miles Kelly offensively. Other, I mean, Kawasi Reeves, I'm glad you brought him up. He's the second leading scorer with 12 points a game, and he shoots the three ball really well. That's essentially it for Georgia Tech as far as star power. They don't collectively shoot well. So Penn State in this case, I, they have a favorable matchup in my opinion. Mm -hmm. I'm eager to see. I mean, we're doing this live, so we don't have the spread and the total in front of us. But I like Penn State to be able to win a close one because it's a neutral site game. But Penn State doesn't have to travel as far, right? Pennsylvania to New York City. This one was what? Rumored to be in Atlanta at one point yeah. for the, the Hawks practice arena. <laughs> and now they got to fly up to New York City. This is just, it's it's not home advantage for Penn State, but it's certainly a little more favorable in terms of the environment. Yeah, I think it's definitely going to be a favorable environment. Penn State has played well in Madison Square Garden. I haven't figured out they why, have. but they always play well in Madison <laughs> Square have. Garden. You mentioned the year they won the NIT and beat Utah. That same year is when the Big Ten tournament was in Madison Square Garden. They went all the way to the Final Four of the Big Ten tournament that year as well with Shep Garner, Tony Carr, and Lamar mm -hmm. Stevens, and that group. They've really played well in that building, uh, so I think there's going to be a lot of momentum for them going into that game. They're feeling good coming off this big comeback win. They've had a week to prepare for it, so I think you know a lot of things are lining up for Penn State to have a very good matchup. You mentioned it's favorable. Georgia Tech, a guard-oriented team. That's the way Penn State is as well. So they match up very well, very similar styles. And I think one thing you mentioned, they're not a great shooting team. Penn State's no. added this zone that they've really found against Ohio State that worked for them. So I think that's something they can add as well as Georgia Tech doesn't have a dominant big. So you can get away with playing Leo O'Boyle at the five and not sacrificing yeah. a lot 
on the interior, which is going to be huge for them as well. The key is going to be rebounding. We mentioned the high rebounding numbers for Georgia Tech. I'm assuming they're going to look at Penn State's numbers and say we have to attack, get second-chance opportunities. So Penn State's got yeah. to be able to make it one and done more times than not, get the possessions, and then be able to get shots. Turnover numbers are going to be huge in this game, trying to limit it down the way they did against Ohio State. That's how they came back. They forced turnovers, and they protected the basketball. they got to continue to do that if they want to be successful this season and in this game. But it is a favorable matchup. I think a lot of people will look at Georgia Tech and say, well, they beat Duke, so Penn State really doesn't have a chance. That's not the case in this game. This Georgia Tech yeah. team, they they did beat Duke, and you got to give them credit for that win. But it's a team that mm -hmm. Penn State, it's not one of those where Penn State's looking on the other side like, man, we're cut out. It's going to be, we're fighting an uphill battle. They're very similar. It should be a really fun game to watch. And I actually agree with you. I do like Penn State in a very close game in this one to find a way to pull it out. It's going to be up to if that chemistry is really gelling, it's going to be a close game. Can Penn State execute in those last four yeah. minutes and find a way to get out of Madison Square Garden with another great win, which will be back-to-back -back Power 5 wins for Mike Rhodes. Yeah, the great for the resume too. Mm -hmm. uh, this would be, would this be a quad one win for them? You would know I don't know exactly where they're at. It's the, right at the line. It's right on the right line there, but yeah, it's going to be really close. I think, you know what, however, Penn State will look at it. They got to treat it as a quad one opportunity because oh, yeah. you, every game's so important because you lost the game to Bucknell that you have to find a way to continue to build that resume. So all these games, when you play these power five teams are extremely important in boosting that resume. So quad one, quad two, it'll every, it'll look good on the resume. And I think that's something Penn State winning over the ACC and Georgia tech, they beat Duke. They're one and oh in the ACC. If they can make a run, I mean, that win could continue to look better and better depending how Georgia tech does in the ACC this season. Absolutely. I'll throw in two more keys before we get our official mm -hmm. predictions here for this game. Georgia Tech, because they don't steal the ball very often, they don't force too many turnovers on average. They actually forced a lot of turnovers in those games against Mississippi State and Duke. But I think, you know, Duke being a younger team, I know Filipowski came back. Kyle Filipowski came back. So you have some veterans, but they still recruit high school players and have them play very well. So you're getting a little bit of inexperience there. Penn State, what they've shown us is good at protecting the basketball. So that's that's one. And yes, rebounding is important. I agree with you. Georgia Tech does force missed shots. So where they make up for not being able to take, to take the basketball away, they just force you to build houses and throw up a lot of bricks. So Penn State shooting, as you mentioned, being a key for this team to improving, uh, is going to show up here against Georgia Tech. I actually like, I know we've applauded Penn State's offense to this point. I'm actually going to go a little bit uh, of a lower scoring type of game in this case. Penn State, I don't, in Georgia Tech, because they, because Georgia Tech especially doesn't shoot well and they force more missed shots than more teams that Penn State's going to face routinely. I'm probably going to say this one's in the 60s. I would say Penn State 68, Georgia Tech 65 here. Yeah, I think it's going to be low scoring. I, I don't think there's going to be a lot of points here. The one thing that you have to look at is it is an early tip-off. Penn State I is 0-4 in those early tip-offs. They lost to A&M, they lost to Butler, and then they lost to VCU, and then, of course, the game to Bucknell when they played in those early slots. So I think it's going to be a slow start probably for both teams in Mass Square Guard. Also, the nerves are going to be up. You're playing in the world's most famous arena. You're going to be a little mm -hmm. jacked up to get in the game, and maybe those shots are going long early. I think Penn State going to find a way to win it. I think around 68-63, to 63, I think I'm 
I'm kind of right there okay. with you there. Yeah. I think I think Georgia Tech's going to try to slow the game down. I do not think with Penn State's guards and their ability to run, and that's how they've really generated offense, I don't think they're going to want to make this a track meet running up and down the floor with that pressure defense. So I think they're going to try to slow the game down, take shots, and then force Penn State to play in the half court, something at times they've struggled with, just if they're able to pack it in, make them kick it out, and make Penn State make shots. But I do think Penn State, it's a favorable matchup. It's a huge game. I think the team will understand the importance of this game going into it, and I think they will find a way to get a win over Georgia Tech. Adam Sheets, Penn State Men's Basketball Insider. I appreciate you more than you know. I know that the listeners, the viewing audience certainly do as well. Adam, thanks for the time. It's great to have you back on. And men's basketball season is here. We're going to be talking more hoops, Penn State hoops, on this show. And it's always great to have you around for that expert analysis, Adam. Yep, thanks, Zach. Always a pleasure. And be on the lookout for more episodes on Locked On Nittany Lions as we got to talk transfer portal. We got to talk high school football recruiting. Early signing day is just Wednesday, December 20th. At the time of this live episode on Thursday, December 14th, that's six days away. Be on the lookout for that and more football, men's basketball content, all right here on Locked On Nittany Lions. BP added more than $70 billion to the U.S. economy in 2022. Investments like acquiring America's largest biogas producer, Arkea Energy, and starting up new infrastructure in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Hey, Prime members. You can listen to this Locked On podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today.